presence. We ask now that you calm all the distractions in the sanctuary and that we position ourselves to receive from you a word. We thank you, Lord God, for the blessed opportunity to be able to worship you in spirit and in truth. Bless us now, Lord God, as you enter into these gates and as you bless us, Lord God, and let your praise be filled in this place. Lord God, we pray for everybody that is entering in, that whatever it is that has attached themselves to them, that they will let it fall down at the door. For when they come in here, let them be empty of themselves so that they can be filled up with you. Thank you, Lord God, for how you're going to mend broken hearts. Thank you for how you're going to repair marriages. Thank you for how you're going to lift the cast down heads, Lord God, and remove depression, Lord God, and anxiety from those who don't know how to seem to let it go. We thank you, Lord God, for how you're going to just bless your people in this place. Use every aspect of this ministry. Bless our praise team, our ensembles, our ushers, our greeters, our magnification ministry that proceeds even outside into the parking lot as they are praising God right now, bringing people into the sanctuary. We thank you, Lord God, for how you're going to bless us, Lord God. Give us sweet things to our mouth, Lord God, so that we can wake up the next day if the Lord be your will and give you praise all over again. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, for the living word living down on the inside of us. Now we pray, Lord God, for our pastor as he's beginning to pray and bring in the word, Lord God, and bless Tia too, Lord God, as she bring us into worship. In Jesus' name, amen. morning resurrection I'm gonna try that one more time good morning resurrection okay let me let me add a little Bible since you didn't move on that this is the day that the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time all right there it is let me try something else the Bible says let the redeemed of the Lord say so any redeemed in the house if you are redeemed you ought to stand to your feet you ought to open up your mouth and offer up even a sacrifice of praise because he is worthy of all praise and all honor listen i just feel good today anybody else just feel good today you feel good you ought to nudge somebody and say i feel good today i get a james brown thing going i just i feel good just tell somebody i feel good i feel good and then turn to the other neighbor and say you look good today you look good today hopefully they compliment you back that's how we do that's how we do we are so grateful to each and every one of you on today each and every one of you on today thank you for being here with us on today we are excited about another day another opportunity to worship God has given, given us a new day of life, health, and strength. Come on, yeah, we need to celebrate that. You see several people that are wearing masks again because of another surge, but we pray that God is going to keep us. 
God is going to bless us. Anybody want to touch and agree on that? You ought to just touch the shoulder of the neighbor. Neighbor, I pray that God keeps you healthy, keeps you strong, keeps you safe, blesses your family. We are not going to let another surge put us into a place of fear because God has not given us a spirit of fear. We are not going to do it, devil. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. We're going to be safe. We're going to be cautious, but we are not going to operate in fear. And we thank the Lord on today. We thank the Lord on today for each and every one of you, those who are watching online. Can those that are here, can you just thank God for our online audience? We average about 600 people that are watching during this 1030 service. We thank God for them all over the world. And then today, today is not only a day of worship. Today is not only a day that we, of course, that we acknowledge what the Lord God has done for us, but today, today also, we are going to celebrate, or we are celebrating the birthday of our pastor, Pastor Ray D. Brown. Amen. He's going. He's on his way. He was preaching, preaching something, something good over at the Rock, and so he's making his way here now. And so we look forward to that word as he continues this sermon series. I am a name dropper. I am a name dropper. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I already heard some of it. I'm telling you, you are in for a treat on today. And we look forward to what the Lord will say through Pastor Brown. Listen, if you are here for the first time, we want to encourage you to text the word guest. That's guest, G-U-E-S-T, to 830-689-8074. We want to get to know you and want you to know a little more about, about resurrection. Y'all tired or anything? Anybody tired of standing? Okay, good. Good. Because I feel like worshiping. Anybody else feel like worshiping? Praise team. We only need about two or three to agree. Can we get about two or three that's just ready to worship? Don't fool me now. Are you ready to worship? Not me, not Pastor Brown, but ready to worship God who woke you up this morning, started you on your way, allowed you to make it here. Anybody ready to worship? We have a special guest. Well, she is family now. We have Miss Tia Durant that is here with us again. Let us receive her in our wonderful magnification praise team. Let's worship the Lord. Let us exalt his name together. For about two seconds, can we lift up Jesus? I know we've already done that, but with the fruit of our lips, can we magnify the Lord? Come on, all over the house, can you tell God we love you? We adore you. We honor you because you're good and your mercy endure forever. Come on, resurrection. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice. Can somebody shout glory? Hallelujah. Shake yourself. I feel free in here. Come on, for about one more second, shake yourself. You won't leave here the same way you came. Hallelujah. One more time for Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just as he says, I'm family. And I am ready to worship. I am honored to stand before you again. So one more time for Jesus. Hallelujah. 
You are my joy. You are my peace. You are my everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, everybody, put your hands together like this. Come on. Come on, everybody, all over the house.
Can somebody shout, you're my everything. Come on, resurrection. Say, you're my Can you say something sweet to God? You're everything. You're everything. God is the joy and the strength of my life. He moves all pain, misery, strife. Promise to keep me. Never to leave me, never ever come short of his word. I've got to want fast and pray. Woo! Stay in the narrow way. Keep my life clean every day. I want to go with him when he comes back. Come too far, I talk to this side, and I never turn back. God is God. 
would you slip your hands with me? God is my God. Hey. God is the joy and the strength of my life. He moves all pain, misery, and strife. He promised to keep me. Never leave me, never ever come short of his word. I've got to fast and pray, sing in the night away. Keep my life clean every day because I want to go with him. I'll talk to this side when he comes back. Come on, raise your hand, come too far. And I never come on, church. God is God. God is
diseases. People are slipping away. Folks without homes, they are in the streets. But all I can say is, wave your hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Like the fragrance. Can y'all just feel that presence right now? But there's something. But there's something.
Come on and give your God the best praise of this day. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Did I say give him your best praise of the day? If you know he's a God that can turn it around for you, give him the best praise. Look at your neighbor and say, it could have been me. Outdoors. Come on and put your hands together for our praise team. And for our guest, she's not a guest. Our homegirl, Tia Durant. Come on, give her some love. Oh, you could do better than that. Come on. Thank you, Tia. Amen. Amen. Remain standing where you are right now. Remain standing where you are. Amen. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you for the privilege and the awesome, awesome honor of being able to be in the presence with your people, but most of all, just being in your presence. We're grateful for the privilege of being in the presence with people, but even if we weren't in the presence of just the people, we're just grateful to be in your presence and to be in your presence with the presence of the people. Lord, we're we're double grateful because we know that it's only because of the privilege and the honor that you've given to each and every one of us. Let us not take it for granted. This moment, this moment of feeling your, your power move upon our, our minds, our souls, our spirits. We are inspired. We're moved. We are challenged. We are thankful. Some of us are speechless. All we can do is raise our hands. All we can do is give you the highest praise. Hallelujah. Our hallelujah belongs to you. Accept our hallelujah in the name of Jesus. Bless your name, let it be glorified. Bless your word, let it be magnified. Bless your people, let them be edified. Mm. Let the words of our mouth, the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in our sight, our strength and redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Let every heart say amen. One more great big hand of praise. Thank God for our musicians. Amen. I'm grateful for them. You may be seated for just a moment. Maybe seated for just a moment. Amen. I just need to just let this kind of, amen, this, this atmosphere, amen. We want to transition right. Um, so many of you all heard me last Sunday make mention of the fact that we're trying to open up some space here at this campus this time. Those of you who want to go to the other ser earlier service, we have another campus. And many went over there today. Let's just give God applause and praise for them. Amen. And some of y'all are still sitting here that would like to go to an earlier service, but you still come to this service, and that's okay. Amen. You're where you want to be. Amen. And I could tell you're where you want to be because you moved some other people out that used to sit right where you're sitting. And um, they would have shouted a little bit louder if they would have been able to sit in their right seat. Amen. But listen, here's the thing. We're just good, to, glad to be in the service one more time. Amen. Glad to be in the house. I don't know what to say about, about y'all. Amen, Tia. I don't know what to say. I, there are no words to, 
to say how you led our worship on today. And, and some of you were sending me, sending me subliminal messages. That why is she not on staff? Don't think I ain't tried. Amen. You pray, I pray, and we'll see what the Lord does. Amen. Amen. But she is certainly right at home right here in this place. Amen. It is so good to see all of you all's faces. Y'all look like y'all ready for a word from the Lord. Are you ready for a word? Stand on your feet and let us read again where we started with this series in the book of Exodus chapter 3. And again, I want to look at verses 13 and 14 from the New Century Version, NCV. Um, Exodus chapter 3. Amen. Thank you, musicians. Well done. This is the word of God. Moses said to God, when I go to the Israelites, I will say to them, the God of your ancestors sent me to you. What if the people say, what is your name? What is his name? What shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. When you go to the people of Israel, tell them, I am sent me to you. The word of God for the people of God, bless the name of God. You may be seated. We want to tag this text with this title, The Bush is Still Burning. We're continuing a series entitled, I'm a Name Dropper, where each week we're dropping one of the names of God used in scripture to introduce and reintroduce ourselves to God's person and God's promises. Today, with the aid, assistance, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we want to drop another name, and that name is Jehovah. Say Jehovah. Jehovah. One day, a little boy was at school, and he was drawing pictures, and the teacher asked him, what are you drawing? And the little boy simply said, without a moment's of hesitation, I'm drawing a picture of God. Picture of God, she said, you can't draw a picture of God. No one knows what... God looks like, to which the little boy replied, well, they will when I get through. <laughs> People have their own view of what God looks like. If I was to hand each person right now who's listening to me a sheet of paper and allow you to draw a picture of God, I'd receive a variety of responses because what we perceive God to be and how we perceive God to look are as varied as the stars in the midnight sky. To say the least, none of us would be able to accurately depict who God truly is. And perhaps that's why people of faith across the centuries were prohibited from crafting and creating images of God because nothing created on earth could ever come close adequately reflecting the entirety of the divine. Our finite minds are too limited. We cannot conceive the infinite God. All we're able to grasp about the eternal is based on what the Holy One chooses to reveal to us. Learning the names of God that's assigned to God in Scripture 
is a wonderful way for us to begin to discover just who God is. And as we consider each name, and I want you to stay with this series because each name helps to deepen our understanding of what it reveals, what we begin to understand uh, as we put pieces together and understand who God is and what God looks like. Y'all remember, you remember last week we talked about Elohim, the God who makes something out of nothing. The author of the Genesis narrative used that name to point to the creative genius and awesome power of God. It, it was used to show God's multidimensional, multipresent, multi-competent capacity. And as we pulled up to our second stoplight in scripture, we quickly see the most familiar name used to talk about God. It's used over 6,519 times in the Old Testament. It is the name Jehovah. Say Jehovah. Jehovah. Now, to best understand the meaning of that name, we need to visit Moses, who is balking at a bush that's burning but not consumed. His story in Exodus 3 is where we meet him as a really a story about a man who's struggling, struggling with his purpose. I think I just pulled up beside somebody and blew the horn because there's, I can tell in this sanctuary right now, somebody who is struggling with purpose. Don't look to the left, don't look to the right. Don't tell your neighbor it's between you and God, but you came here today and you, you, you didn't even know God was going to be speaking to you. He's on your road right now. He's tapping you on the shoulder. Because you've been for a while now. You've been saved for a bit. You, you, you've been going from church to church. Maybe you've even been a member here for a while. But you've been wondering, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? Why is this happening to me? Will I ever get out? Will I ever get over? Will I, will I ever get by? Will I ever get through this struggling with purpose? Through a series of events, this story of Moses is the story of a man who possessed the promise of a great future, but now when we meet him, he is extremely insecure. He had blown his privileged upbringing by committing a murder. In his mind, he had been defending the blood relatives, the Hebrew, uh, from the people who raised him and nurtured him, the Egyptians, but the Hebrews didn't identify Moses as one of their own. So when he killed the Egyptian who attacked the Hebrew, they simply saw it for what it was, an angry, violent man with a violent act. The violent act of an angry man. <clears throat> Stick a pin there just for a moment because have you ever identified with people who don't identify with you? Have you ever rolled along with somebody who ain't riding with you at all? Have you ever had somebody's back only to discover that at the, all the time they were stabbing you in the back? If so, then you, you keep in good company with Moses. That's, that's exactly, you can imagine how he felt. Moses was rejected by both people groups. He just couldn't fit in. And, and, and after all, uh, this act of bloodshed, he, he feared for his own life. He fled to the desert with a murder warrant hanging over his head. 
He had to conceal his identity. He got out of town, Dodge or Egypt, became a shepherd, 40 years, mending sheep in Midian, reduced this once confident leader to nothing in his own eyes. And so when God shows up at a burning bush, revealing himself to Moses, giving him a vision of his destiny to lead the Hebrews out of slavery and bondage in Egypt, Moses balks. 40 years earlier, he might have said, let's go. But he balks. That's where we are in this lesson. He's balking at the bush because after all, it's, intimid it's an intimidating request. He had been doing acts exactly the opposite of what God requests for the past 40 years. 40 years, he had been running away from Pharaoh, not to Pharaoh. He had been fleeing from Egypt, not racing to Egypt. And yet, a spiritual principle applicable to all of us shows up in his life. And I'm going to pull over on the curb just so I can share it with you. Because God did not extract Moses from the evil intent of the Egyptians for Moses' sake. He was not in emancipated for Moses. God never delivers anyone from anything just for the person's sake. God's greatest aim is always for God's glory. I thought y'all would have shouted right there. God's purpose on earth are for the advancement of God's kingdom and God's glory. I know you showed up in here today waiting to get your praise on, but praise belongs to God. And so God provided a way for Moses to escape punishment in Egypt so Moses could eventually return there. Get there and lead an entire race of people out of Egypt so they can worship God, serve God, represent God. God never delivers. Hear me well. He never delivers us so that we might forget him. He always reveals himself and delivers us so that we might worship and serve and represent him in the earth. But Moses balked at the bush. It's in this contextual crisis that we hear communicated this new name of God, Jehovah, Moses, anxious and afraid of God's grand request, counters God with a question of his own. Now, wait, wait, wait what? You, you want me? What? Okay, you want me, Moses, who has an active warrant out for my arrest to, to go back to Egypt and appear uninvited before Pharaoh and just tell him, let me make sure I'm clear about this. You want me to tell Pharaoh to let my people go? That sounds suicidal. But, but let's, let's, let's just roll with that for a moment because even if I get past him, your people, you, you know, the ones who you want me to liberate, they are inevitably going to have a lot of questions for me like who died and made you boss? Moses was frightfully concerned about what Pharaoh and the Egyptians would think and do. And he was correctly concerned about how the Hebrews would respond. Exodus 3 and 13 confirms that suspicion because he's clearly candid when asking God, when I go to the Israelites, let me get this clear. I will say to them that the God of your ancestors sent me to you. But 
what if the people say, what is his name? Just, you know, out of curiosity, what should I tell them? And God succinctly and precisely says to Moses, this is what you're supposed to say to the Israelites. What you should tell them is that I am has sent me to you. Okay, okay, okay. Verse 15. This is what you should tell them. The Lord God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob sent me to you. He will always be, this will always be my name uh, from which my people from now on will know me. This name Jehovah, y'all hear me well, is incredibly important. And it's important not just because of the number of times it's mentioned in the Bible. It's important because Jehovah uh, is God's self-revelation. Say self-revelation. God is literally revealing himself. I am who I am is God's self-revelation. Revelation, the eternal declares, this is who I am. This name was considered sacred. It's considered supreme. It was special in Hebrew culture. In fact, if you know anything about Hebrew culture, it was so sacred that they didn't even dare speak it out loud. Whenever they came across the names, across the centuries, the scribes, when they would copy the scriptural scrolls and they came across the name, they would silently read it without pronouncing it because this name of God originally, first of all, contained no vowels. They thought if they spoke it, it was just like saying the Lord's name in vain. It was never intended to be spoken. That's why it didn't have any vowels, just four consonants, Y-H-W-H. We call it a tetragrammaton preach pastor the combination of these consonants was derived from the word that simply meant to be vowels were added later from the latin which conveyed the ability for us to pronounce it as yahweh which is translated into english which is rendered when you translate it to jehovah so what does that teach us pastor here it is y'all ready for it it teaches us number one that jehovah is autonomous Say autonomous. Still got a long way to go, so let me take my time. When you hear the name Jehovah, remember it is the Hebrew name Yahweh, which comes from four consonants. Y-H-W-H, meaning I am the existing one. Or I am the one who exists. This explains why as you read it, In the text that I read it through, all the different translations, particularly in the Old Testament, you see the words in caps. I am who I am. All in capital letters. The capital letters are there to indicate that it was a translation of the Hebrew word Yahweh. Every time the people of God had a new experience of God, they assigned a new name to God. Did y'all get that? I'll say it again. Every time the people of God had a new experience of God, they assigned a new name to God. And they did it to reflect that particular quality and attribute. And that is why it is so pointless to argue about the names of God. Because no matter what name we assign God, we have not defined God. We just learned a little bit more about who God is. Are you listening to me? 
If Elohim is the creative, powerful name, is, is God's creative and powerful name, then Jehovah is God's personal name. Elohim is God's powerful name. Jehovah is God's personal name. Elohim, we studied that our focus was on God as creator. We witnessed God's power, his prowess, his, his presence. But when we study the name of Jehovah, our, pers- our focus is on the person of God, the character of God, and the nature of God. Elohim points us to the God who created the universe and everything in it. But Jehovah points to the God who is personally and directly involved and relates to and oversees that which God created. Are y'all getting this? A person can be a believer in Elohim as creator without knowing Jehovah who is in personal relationship to the created. Can I get a witness? And, And so that's why when God reveals this name, Jehovah is God's personal revelation of divinity to you and I often through the trials trauma tensions and troubles that we face God reveals himself on a personal level I need to pause right there just for a moment because that's why they said you 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 can't you 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 can't get to him by knowing him through somebody else it it ain't about what grandma knew and what grandma but you got to know God for yourself It's a personal thing. Jehovah is a person. Jehovah is the great I am. And this is significant because it reminds us all that we do not live in an impersonal universe as some would have us to believe. I've said it once and I'll say it again. God is not force. God is not just energy. God is a living self-autonomous person. Did you get that? He is a person. We exist in the world, in time, and space. But God exists in himself. I don't want to go too fast. See, God is not tethered to time, and he's not shackled by space. Can I make it plain? Because nothing outside of God contributed to or contributes now to God's eternal existence. All of us exist because we were created. We preceded, we are preceded by parents and grandparents. You are because they were. I am because they were. I am not because I am. You are not because you are. If there was no them, there would be no you and there would be no me. Can I preach to you? Our existence depends not only on our parents, but then there's a whole bunch of external stuff. We got to cover stuff up. We got to make ourselves comfortable in the summer because it's too hot. We we, we got to have stuff that allows us to live, to breathe, to, to, to function and to operate. Each one of us right now, wherever we are, is alive because of oxygen that consistently contributes to our existence. You take away the oxygen and none of us would survive. We can exist because these things are being provided for us things that we need for breathing for eating for drinking things that we have to have in order to survive but God when God formally introduced himself to the Hebrews and to humanity God told Moses in essence tell them that the one who sent you does not have to go outside himself in order to be himself for he is complete in himself all by himself preach pastor Brown 
In other words, God is the only truly autonomous being in the universe because God is the only being who is self-generating, self-sustaining, and self-sufficient. Being self-generating and self-sufficient, God perpetuates himself throughout all eternity. You and I aren't eternal and on earth because we are dependent, but God, Jehovah, is independent and autonomous. So Jehovah needs only himself to exist in the dimensions and the realm in which he abides. The Lord is self-defining and everlasting. No wonder the scripture writer said he's from, from everlasting to everlasting. God is who God is. Ah, oh, did y'all sound the right song today? Not you and I. God is who God is, not who you and I want God to be. Or choose to define God as a lot of folk talking about they they love God and country they love country they don't know who God is God is Jehovah God is Yahweh God is the Lord God is the great I am my grandmother would say it like this God is God all by himself he don't need nobody else you can't vote him God he ain't Republican he ain't Democrat he ain't American he he is God can I get somebody to shout, God is God? I'm sorry, this. Uh, he's autonomous. He's autonomous, but Jehovah is absolute. Say absolute. Now, now what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? That means God never changes, <laughs> He is immutable. We are forever changing. Some of us ain't the same person. We walk out the house who we were before we, we woke up one way. By the time we got in the car, we were somebody else. We were like, who? Same people you see in church. You see them in the grocery store line. Look, counting the bag, counting the items in somebody's bag because they're in a tin bag line. In. <laughs> Didn't you just lead the devotion? <laughs> we change. You've been married 15 years. We change. <laughs> Keep looking straight. But God does not change. Y'all, our metabolism is changing. I, can, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. That long, pretty black hair will one day be salt and pepper gray. I know what I'm talking about. If you still have it. Thanks. I'm... 59 tomorrow. I, I don't look the same way I did when I first arrived here. I, I've changed. I've been through some changes. I, I, I started, I came here with a 28-inch waist, huh? and now my waist ain't in the 20s no more. It, I didn't wear any glasses or contacts. I Changes your eyes get dim and, and and hearing needs assistance and things that was upstairs now move downstairs and 
your chest and oasis trade places. And oh, I wish I had somebody who can just witness to your neighbor and say, he know what he's talking about. He, baby, he just, just give it some time, baby. Just give it some time. Things change. We, we change. We, we grow older. We wrinkles begin to appear and skin begins to sag and memory begins to fade. They say that's the first thing that goes. But God does not endure that kind of process. God is who God was and God is who God will be because God never steps out of the present tense. In other words, God is eternally and forever right now. Can I get a witness? He can never be irrelevant because God is always current. He's never out of style. He's always in step. A billion years from now, God will be just as relevant as he was on day one because all creation depends on God. Now, I know these concepts are challenging. Even as I was putting this message together, it was hard for me to try to comprehend because we think in linear, uh, with our linear infant minds, finite minds, and we can only understand what it means to go from one year to the next and from here to there. But God is a God who can go from here to there and back again at the same time without ever leaving any of those places because God is changeless. Okay, y'all looking at me like somebody, he ain't read no scripture yet. Malachi 3.6. Bible country, here we go. For I, the Lord, do not change. Ah, New Testament, Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. But wait a minute, Pastor. Didn't God change? Didn't I read someplace where God repented? But God changed his mind. Good question. I like preaching at this service because they test me at the other one. And if I pass the test over here, I can give y'all the whole lesson over here. So let me tell you what I learned. That when they, uh, what seems like a contradiction, uh, when they wrote that God did not change, but the writers of the text, their understanding of what and who God was and what God said and what God meant changed as they came to know God better. I need you to chew on that for just a moment because when you really look at that, y'all, uh, 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 the writers of Scripture in Exodus 2 and 14, read it when you can, Jonah 3 and 10, used phrases like repented, God repented, or God changed his mind because those were, hear me well, the best phrases available to them to describe what they believed had taken place. It's called anthropomorphic language anthropomorphic language that simply really means humankind language that applies to humankind it's hard to, for humans to have language that's used to describe divinity y'all ain't hearing me God didn't change their understanding changed evolved and grew mm. I, I've had many evolutions myself as a preacher, as a pastor. I ain't got time to tell you about all of them. It took about three hours for me to share it with my staff. That was just one change this past Tuesday. But something significant happened to me a few years ago. I had a health scare in this pulpit in the early service. I was rushed out of the pulpit in the middle of preaching to the emergency room in the middle of a series. And up to that point, y'all, me and God had an unspoken agreement 
I'm going to take care of your business. I'm going to need you to take care of my business. And how I interpreted that, God taking care of mine was, don't let me get sick. Well. I, in fact, I didn't even have prescriptions. Part of the problem was I was using everybody else's. You think that'll help me? Yeah, Pastor. How many you want? Hmm. Let me see. <laughs> Confession. Bad for the reputation. Good for the soul. Y'all tap your neighbor and say, I'm glad I came today. I'm getting all the goosey juicy stuff about Pastor Brown. <laughs> but I didn't have to, I didn't think I needed anything. You live to get past 35 and then you turn 40. Stuff starts to just give you some signs. The check engine light comes on. <laughs> Don't turn 45. Uh, and 50 ain't for it ain't for the faint of heart. That's my Christian way of saying. <laughs> Let alone 59. And I don't know about you, but I'm just glad I made it. I'm glad to be in the service one more time. But listen, don't let me get sick. Don't let me suffer. Don't, I had this whole list. Don't let nothing happen to my kids, my family, my mama, my daddy. Don't let me fail. Don't let me be broke. Don't let me make a mess of myself. Don't let me be disappointed. Don't, don't let me get discouraged. Don't let me get mistreated. Don't let me get lied on and talked about. And so when they rushed me to the hospital, I, 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 after almost passing out in the pulpit, folk are texting me, because this was streamed live, on the way to the hospital, who were watching service in other states. The doctor said to me, Mr. Brown, after they had all these uh, EKG stuff all hooked up on me, they, I, I didn't even get to the emergency room. They rolled me right back to the back and they were working on me. And they said, we've got some tests here, but they're inconclusive. But it seems like you just suffered a heart attack. In fact, you've suffered some before now. And I immediately had some questions for God. I, I had some problems with God. Issues with God. Why? Because my experience, y'all, exploded. The explanation that I was currently carting around about God. And it pushed me at that moment to evolve and grow in my comprehension and understanding. And it reminded me, go back and look at some of your sermons, Ray Brown. He's a God who works. As I was coping with my diagnosis, he's a God who never promised that I would get sick. He's the kind of God who never promised me that I wouldn't have pain, that I wouldn't have problems, that I wouldn't have complications and conflicts. God never promised me that I wouldn't have uh, nothing but blue skies and peaceful waters and sunny days and sleep-filled nights. Those were my ideas. I had to understand that God would often, y'all hear me well, permit us to go through some things because it's the only way to expand our testimony. If some of y'all ain't got no testimony, I'm going to say it just like that. It's because you ain't been through nothing. It's only after you've been through something that you can turn around and tell somebody 
I was broke, busted, disgusted, couldn't be trusted, but you ought to see me right now. Oh, I know it looked like I always had this. That's my glory, but you don't know my story. You just see my shine, but you don't know nothing about my crime. If you've ever been heartbroken or depressed or abandoned or kicked to the curb or rejected, if somebody ain't never broken your heart, if you've ever been lied on and lied to and let go and let down and laid off, you wouldn't know that God is a heart fixer, that God is a mind regulator, that God is a way maker, that God is a day breaker, that God is a light in darkness. Somebody ought to shout. Woo! Because, y'all, it's through anxiety that God assures you. It's through bitterness that God blesses you. It's through catastrophe that God calms you. It's through difficulties that God can deliver you. It's through trouble that God can train you. Through struggle that God schools you. Through heartache that God helps you. Where's Andre Crouch when you need him? I never wouldn't have a problem. If I never had a problem, I never know God can solve them. How would I know that God could solve them? I wouldn't know how to have faith in what God can do, but through it all. Oh, y'all know that song, through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to depend on God, through it all. I've learned to depend on his word. God permits us to encounter new situations to expose to us another revelation of who God is. I got to keep rolling. Ah, y'all got a little time? Go ahead and text the restaurant. Tell them you're going to be about 45 minutes late. Mm. Because Jehovah is autonomous. Jehovah is absolute. But number three, Jehovah is able. Say he's able. God revealed himself to Moses in a burning bush. He's out shepherding his flock along the mountainside looking. Same old bushes he's been seeing for decades. He noticed bushes so well he didn't need no GPS. He, 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 in fact, he got around by identifying the bushes. That's, you're going to make a bush, you're going to make a left on the bush that's shaped like this. In fact, the, the bush he was looking at, he's seen so many times before. But this time, something didn't make sense. Any, anybody, anybody, anybody else seen what I'm saying? And, and, and because it didn't make sense, this bush on fire that was, that was burning but was not consumed, he decided he wanted to go and investigate. And because he went to go investigate, y'all need to get this, do not miss it. By investigating, he got to know God and God's will in a way like he had never known it before. Are you with me? I, I need to say this to somebody who has something going on in your life that doesn't make sense. <laughs> this is for you. It, it, it could be a conflict. I don't know that you're facing. It could be a decision that you've got to make, a health challenge, a financial crisis, a rocky relationship, a child that's gone off the rail, any number of things. Listen to me close. In fact, you might want to just lean in right here. 
It's the things that don't make sense in our lives that cause us to pay attention. But I ain't through yet. When God gets your attention, pay attention. I, I'm trying not to confess, but I almost got another confession. There's been so many times in my life God was trying to get my attention, but I just would not pay attention. Don't, don't look past your burning bush. Look at your burning bush. There's a reason the bush is burning. I wish I had some help here. And there's a reason and a season. It's, it's there to provide you with a new revelation and a new interpretation of your situation. Don't get mesmerized by the crisis. Don't you get sidetracked by the conflict uh, or, or messed up by the contradiction uh, so much that you miss God. Don't spend time like Moses balking at the bush. Recognize. That God is using your burning bush to get your attention. Oh, where's color purple when you need him? God is trying to tell you something. He wants to show you a side of himself that you've never seen. I know you've been in church for a while. You got everybody's tapes. You got everybody's CDs. You got everybody on uh, YouTube stuff. You didn't heard Jake's. You didn't heard this bishop and that bishop. You didn't been in that seminary and that seminary and, and, and that, yeah, all that stuff. Uh, and you think that you know everything there is to know. No, God still got some stuff that he's trying to show you. God wants to show you something that you ain't never seen. Just because you think your mind has been blown, God is about to blow your mind. And here's how he does it. Y'all ain't going to shout on this. But God usually blows your mind in the middle of a mess, a problem, a circumstance, a dilemma of a burning bush. And I came to tell you today, I came charged, I came on fire. I've been praying for this moment so I could stand and tell you, don't look past the bush, look at the bush. Because God is trying to use the bush to reveal something to you. Somebody ought to shout and say, thank you for my bush. Thank you for my bush. Do you know when God revealed himself to Moses? When Moses turned aside. He could have just stared and said, man, look at that bush burning. Ain't that something? But he turned aside. I know y'all done seen the Ten Commandments, even if you don't read the Bible. I done seen enough times to hear Charleston Heston say, let me turn around and see this great sight. God didn't reveal himself until he turned aside. Because sometimes we too busy. We got too much going on. I'm not going to be able to make it. I, but time service again. Oh, you know, since the pandemic, I've been watching church on, I've been streaming the service. Somebody here today, God got you here right now so you could hear this word. You, you, you got to turn aside.
God. And, and listen, you got to take notice. God is trying to get your attention. Had Moses failed to turn aside, he might have missed hearing from God about God's supernatural plan for his life and for the life of his people. A plan that Moses could have never come up on his own. In fact, that wouldn't even made sense. I could just see Moses right now. Here, what we going to do? We're going to go back to Egypt. We're going to go in there. We're going to look at Pharaoh. We're going to tell him, we're going to get all the people out. That didn't even make sense. But because he turned aside, God gave him a plan. And when he heard it, he started immediately making excuses. Ooh, I, there's so much here. Excuses. Now he's talking to God. And he's giving God excuses. Well, I'm, I, I'm a nobody. I know that. I have nothing to offer. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what to say. Yep, you sure don't. I, I don't know where to begin. I know. I don't know where to start. Yep. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I'm not eloquent. I mean eloquent. I, 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 I got a stutter, stuttering problem. I, I'm not young enough. I'm too old. Are you through? Because can't you hear Jehovah responding? No matter what your excuse is, I am the answer. Okay, somebody didn't get that. I, somebody ought to just put your finger up and say, I'm gone. I'm going to get my offering right now. I got my word. I, thank you, Lord Jesus. You, you ought to just, yeah, put your finger up. Because, you know, when you put your finger up, that's when you become invisible in church, you know. Nobody see you. When, you ought to just walk out right now shouting, I just got my answer that no matter what your problem is, God still is the answer. To all the excuses Moses had, Jehovah responded, I am that I am. I got to go here. I'm going to let you go. Text the restaurant. Tell them 15 more minutes. <laughs> Jehovah is autonomous. Jehovah is absolute. Jehovah is able. But finally, my friends, Jehovah is awesome. Mm. Exodus 33 and 9 reports after Moses went to the tabernacle he spoke to the Lord and he spoke the Bible says the Lord spoke to him face to face as a person speaks with their friend and here it is in the midst of serving God Moses had the unmitigated audacity as him and God are conversing to ask to see God. Moses asked in Exodus 33 and 18. Moses said, now please, if you don't mind, let me. Show me your glory. He's personal. He's relational. God gave his reply. He didn't scold Moses for that. He didn't know what he was asking for, but he but Moses, nobody can see me face to face and live. You can't handle that. But I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I'll announce my name, the Lord, so you can hear it. Read the Bible. 
Moses heard from God. Moses listened to God. Moses obeyed God, seen God work, and yet he wanted to know more. And you, can't, you cannot fault Moses for wanting more. All that Moses accomplished, he still wanted more. He could have been satisfied balking at the bush. He could have been satisfied witnessing ten miraculous plagues. He could have been satisfied with the miraculous parting of the sea. Nobody did it before. Nobody did it since. And yet, despite all that Moses had already experienced with God and of God, he asked for more. Can I talk to you just for one moment before I let you go? Too many people stop at the bush and miss the blessing. Moses wanted more. Say more. God is so awesome. God is so amazing that God, y'all hear me when I say this, satisfied his request covered by God's own hand, tucked Moses away in the cleft of the rock and permitted his goodness to just pass by. Moses wanted to see God's glory, but instead God showed him his goodness. Y'all going to make me tied together, aren't you? Because the goodness of God displays the glory of God. And I don't know how you feel about it, but all the days of my life, 59 years, all I want to do is see the goodness, the goodness of God. Somebody said, the songwriter said, I would have fainted if I had not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He was saying, I want to see God's goodness. And I believe I will live beyond my circumstances that no matter how it turns out, however things work out, I'm coming through this with a testimony about the goodness of God. Good afternoon, resurrection. I gotta go now. But I think you ought to get some review before I let you go. Jehovah is autonomous. Jehovah is absolute. Jehovah is able. And then Jehovah is awesome. Am I right about it? That no matter how things look, I still believe that I will see the goodness of God. I got an ache here and a pain there. It's a little harder to get up in the morning, but I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord. Yes, yes, that beyond the bad that I see now, beyond the pain that I feel now, beyond the problems that I have now, I will see the goodness of the Lord, the power of the Lord the favor of the Lord, the blessings of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, the healing of the Lord, the benefit of the Lord in the land of the living. Can I get about 15 people?
to say it out loud with me. I will see the goodness of the Lord. Can I get 75 more people who will stand on your feet and look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I will see the goodness of the Lord for God's goodness will reveal God's glory beyond where I am, beyond what I'm in, beyond how I'm struggling, beyond who I'm fighting. I will see the goodness, the greatness, the glory of the Lord because somewhere I read that it does not yet appear what I shall be because eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what great things the Lord has in store for those that love him. I will see his grace and glory. I will see his goodness and grandeur. I will live and not die to declare the glory of the Lord in the land of the living. Somebody ought to shout, yeah. yes. God said it and I believe it and I'm living it because when I think about the goodness of God and all he's done for me, my soul, My soul, my soul gets happy. I got to run and ain't nobody chasing me. I want to jump and ain't nothing troubling me. I feel like crying and ain't nothing bothering me because when I think about his goodness, my soul cries hallelujah. Thank you, Lord for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me. Thank you, Lord, for rescuing me. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Thank you, Lord, for lifting me. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you, Lord, for changing me. Give him glory. Give him honor. Give him praise. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 I know it. Ain't the Lord all right? Have you tried him? Do you know him? Do you love him? Is there anybody here that love my Jesus? Don't fool me now. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Neighbor. I'm sorry, neighbor. I don't always act like this, but I got a Holy Ghost feeling. Shouted. 
But I'm here like saying hallelujah. I'm sorry, neighbor. But I feel like saying amen. You ought to give God your best praise. You ought to give God your best praise. If God bless you, you ought to praise him. If God woke you up, you ought to praise him. If God put clothes on your back, you ought to praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise. I began to see signs in my body that things were breaking down. Knees started hurting. I woke up one day and couldn't put my shirt on. Rotator cuff. I said, what's a rotator cuff? <laughs> you know, when you start going to see the doctor, you find out stuff. You, in fact, they give you a PhD by the time they get through with you. Yeah. You gone long enough and much. So I've been and then I started taking medication. And then all of a sudden the news said the medication has been taken off because it causes cancer. I'm saying that's stuff that make me feel good. <laughs> I can't get that no more. And then I started working out with trainers at the gym. They started rehabilitating me. I couldn't walk up the stairs. I couldn't walk down the stairs without severe pain. Stop, 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 stop. All I'm saying. Stop, 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 stop. When I say I know God is a healer, I ain't playing. Seriously. He will, he can change the tide. Now, now, now you got to pay attention. You better see the signs. But you be walking around talking about he's a healer and you. 
eating church's chicken every day. Ain't nothing wrong with eating it every now and then, Giles. You can't have Bojangles all the time. Somebody texted me the other day. I'm in the middle of going over my sermon. Text me, there's a Bojangles on this. I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> I, got, I got an assignment. And I can't leave here until I finish my assignment. I can't do my assignment broken down. I, I can't finish my assignment. I, I can't do it forever, but, but I, I got I to gotta, I gotta stretch this thing out. I have to stretch, and you do too. You have an assignment. Somebody's assignment is to join church today. That's all God asks you to do today. Today, today, your assignment is to go, is to walk down this aisle and say, Pastor, mm, 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 how did you know it was me? I didn't, but God knew. Sister, brother, wherever you are right now, are you ready to fulfill your assignment? Here's what I learned about the assignment. Even after I became pastor of this church, I still wasn't clear of my assignment. Because it evolves. God continues to show you what you can handle. You can't handle everything at once. If God had showed me this building at the beginning, 33 years ago, <laughs> I would have got beside myself. I was only 25 years old. But I had to suffer going to a metal building with no classrooms teaching 10 different classes called evangelism. God, how are we going to do that? Had to go from one service to two services. Had to go from a parking lot full to parking all over the place illegally. And then buying some farmland where there was nothing else out here but this farmland. Not knowing that this whole community would build up. This community grew up around this church. Y'all ain't hearing me. When God has an assignment for you. When you, when you see the bush, pay attention. The devil tried to abort my assignment. But what God has for you, you better take it by force because it's for you. And listen, he rewards your faithfulness because his goodness is running after you. Sister, brother, if you hear God's voice right now, I dare you, I double dog dare you to walk out of the aisle right now and trust God today. I want to be your pastor. This church wants to be your church family. God wants to be not only the resident, but the president in your life. Will you let him right now? Come on. Come on and sing this.
For these that have come thus far, but I just believe that there's someone else. This word that has been preached that reminded us of how God caught the attention of Moses. This moment is God catching your attention, brother. It's God catching your attention, sister. And the pastor has said you need to respond. 
When God catches your attention, you need to pay attention. Who is it? Who else is it that's supposed to come down this aisle on today? Or perhaps there is someone online. You're not here in person, but you are connected to the body of Christ. And we extend this opportunity for you. Even if you are online, you can text the word JOIN to 830-689-8074. I see you, sister. I see you, sister, to my left. I see you. I see you. Come on, there's somebody else. There's somebody else in this place. Can we celebrate? Come on, lift up your voices. Can we celebrate in this? Come on, let's encourage her, encourage her. There's somebody else, there's somebody else, maybe someone online. This is your time. This is God getting your attention. This is your moment. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. I don't know you, but the Spirit knows you. The Spirit allowed you to come today to hear this word. And for this moment, won't you come today? Come on, all over this sanctuary. Can we just open up our mouths and just give God glory? Just give God In whatever way you choose, you choose to say hallelujah. You choose to thank him in whatever way. Give God glory in this place. Give God glory in this place. What a mighty God we serve. Pastor, it's hard for me to let it go because I just feel like there's somebody else. You ought to turn to your neighbor and say, is he talking about you? Is he talking about you? And tell him you'd be willing to walk with him. You'd be willing to walk with him. Today is your day. This is your moment. This is your moment. This is your moment. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise in this place. Come on, let's do better than that. Let's give God a hand clap of praise in this place. Listen, in my spirit, I feel that there is someone else. You may be seated, that there is someone else. Even after we dismiss from service, if you feel more comfortable coming up to us after service, you can do that. Or you can always text the word JOIN to 830-689-074. The same process will take place. We'll get with you. We'll connect with you to tell you what it means to be a part of God's family and a member of one thing about being a member of Resurrection, you're going to get a word from the Lord. This man of God preached the uncompromised word of God on today. Can we thank God for the angel of this house? Come on, y'all. Let's do better. That was a word from the Lord. This man preached on his birthday. And I felt it. I felt it. It came from his spirit. It came from his spirit. Pastor, thank you for sharing that word. That was absolutely one of the best sermons I've ever heard you preach. That was an incredible sermon. Thank you so much, sir. And, uh, even more so impressed with the, the, how solid this word was. I was just so impressed with you going up and down those stairs. 
prayers. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Amen. I remember that day, that, that day that you had to leave the pulpit. Remember that. I was up in my office and scared out of my mind because I had to come up with a sermon real quick. <laughs> but the Lord was praying. The Lord was glorified, and we thank God for you. We thank God for this man of God, 59 years old. Amen. We thank God. We'll talk about that in a moment. This is our moment in our worship service where we all can participate. It is giving time. It is giving time. We know that we here at Resurrection support the ministry through tithes and offerings. Even when you came through the door, you probably saw a sign that said, Let's Help Maui. That's an example of many of the things that we do here at Resurrection. We are sending funds. We are collecting funds and sending funds through the Texas Baptist Men, which are affiliated with the Baptist General Convention of Texas. They are over there helping with the devastation in Maui, in Maui. And uh, we are so grateful for your generosity on that. But that's, these are the types of things that we do here at Resurrection we want to make sure that we are able to do the work of ministry. So if you want to give, once you sow into this ministry, you can give electronically through Pushpay. Just text RBC1 to 77977. You'll receive information on how to give electronically. Or you can, when you leave out, you can give your offering even as you leave out with the receptacles in the back or even mail it in. Thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you for what you do in sowing into God's kingdom here at resurrection. Amen. 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 Listen again, we've made mention of how wonderful the Lord is. He is a good God. And we just want to pause right now. We want to pause and just say happy birthday to the angel of this house. Pastor Ray Daryl Brown. Come on, y'all. Let's thank God. 59 years young. Wait a minute, y'all, but let's listen. So we did that kind of casually. We have the pastor, a pastor who has the most swag. Did y'all see the outfit? Did y'all see the outfit? That's how you do it. That's how you do it. And you cap it off with the icy white tennis shoes. That's how you do it. You got to make sure that they icy whites. <laughs> that swag. Yeah, get it. Get it all. Get it all. Get, get it all. I, look at that. Look at that. Pastor, on behalf of the church, on behalf of the leadership, we just want to add to your swag fund, and we want to make sure that we are a blessing to you today. Um, this is just simply from the church, from the staff, from the leadership, uh, just so that you can keep on buying those icy whites. At least a couple more pair. We thank God for <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble in staff meeting you guys, but you want to bring it to me. We have some others who are coming at this time. You want to come at this time? Come on. Come on. Okay. 
Come on, everybody stand. Sing along, sing along, sing along. Come on, everybody. Everybody say, happy birthday, Pastor Brown. I know that he would love to be able to get to every single one of you. He's going to do it, do the best that he can. That's why we want to protect him, make sure he has his mask on and everything. He'll do the best he can to shake hands, but uh, he can't get to everyone. Fist bump him, and don't be offended. Don't be offended. Let him fist bump you month you because we want him to come back with the next installment of I Am A Name Dropper. This series is off the chain. Thank you, Pastor, for this wonderful series. We thank God for you. We pray that God blesses you with many more years and that you will be able, even at 79, to be able to run up and down. Y'all not going to touch, touch and agree. Touch and Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for this man of God that you have given to this church. We pray that you would prosper him, bless him in every area of his life. Have your way with him, Father God. Replenish him as he has poured out to us a wonderful word from you. Thank you, Lord God, for each and every one of our neighbors all around us. We pray that you would bless this week. Help us to go forth and tell others about the word that was deposited into our spirit on today. Have your way with us. We thank you for our new brothers and sisters that join on today and those that will join throughout the week. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. Keep us in your care. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Let every heart say amen. amen. Tell somebody, have a great week.